Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year breast cancer survivor, a certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. I also am the assistant editor of Breast Cancer Wellness Magazine. And that is so cool because that means that when we have awesome guests on our show, you might be able to plug them in, right? Or vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah, I've actually had a few. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Good. Good. Well, my name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I also are the co-founders of Breast Friends. And today, before we get started, I wanted to just share a little bit about persistence. You know, there... It, it really takes perseverance and persistence to really kind of get things done in this world. And I was looking up the definition of, of persistence, and it means a firm continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Mm-hmm. And when we started Breast Friends 17 years ago, we were it was a grassroots concept. We were right out of the chute. We had no support financially in the beginning. The whole thing was kind of up to us. <laughs> and Sharon, do you remember the first time, I won't say which hospital system, but we approached a local hospital system and thought that they would just grab hold of this concept. And well, yeah, we had our <laughs> rose-colored glasses on. Yeah, of course we, we did. walked in and they're going, wait, why would we do that? Why would we support this? Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, hmm, that was challenging. So, yes. but, you know, through persistence, and perseverance we kind of hung in there and now it's been 17 years we've got wonderful sponsors this radio show is getting wonderful uh, results in fact in the month of July so far we've had over 13,000 downloads which I think is really exciting so you know if you stick with what you believe in and you're passionate about it it does manage to work out and our guest that we have on our show today is absolutely no stranger to persistence and he's going to have to really be tough (laughs) because he is talking about something that some people would consider very highly controversial and the reason we invited him on our show is because one of our goals is to present information and then let our listeners decide what rings true for them so our guest today is ken and ken i didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name is it boulange it's actually boulanger Belanger, ooh, okay. Very pretty, yeah. Belanger. And Ken is going to, he's the CEO of a company called Deep Look Technology. And I want to just give you a little intro. We've all heard about the success of 3D mammography. But our guest today claims it will become unnecessary once he gets his product funded. And today we're going to put him in the hot seat while we explore how Deep Look Technology works using 2D mammograms. Is it true? Can it save money and lives with better results than 3D technology? Well, we're going to find out. So, Ken, welcome to our show. We've got some tough questions for you today. Great, great. I want to set down a foundation here just so we're all clear. All the answers I I give are based on the 3,000 mammograms we have tested so far. We've run it against, we have a database of 3,000 mammograms. The only claim I'm making is everything I tell you works on the 3,000 mammograms. We do not have FDA clearance yet. We have talked to them. And the reason I'm coming on the show is we are looking for accredited investors to help fund getting our FDA through the FDA as well as releasing the product. Yeah, nice. 
One other thing I'm going to add, if you go to our website, deeplook.co, you can see working versions of the technology I'm talking about. There are case studies up there. So you can decide for yourself if what you think I'm telling you is true. I believe it's true. Uh, And one other thing I just want to say, our only third-party verification at this point would be we have talked to several radiologists and several of them, or actually one of them now, wants to come work for our company after going through all the technology we haven't signed yet, else she would be here in the show with me. And she has 15 years experience, and she is a known minor speaker in the dense breast world. That's my, my opening. Okay. okay. Well, Ken, we have fair. an hour. We have an hour, and I see that you you talk quickly, so you can slow down. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll, by the way, I'm a programmer by trade, so I'm going to slow down. I'm one of there those you guys go. you see in the movie. Okay. You go, oh my. Okay. Let's start at the beginning, and why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us how you got interested in this technology for detecting mammograms? I know there's a story there. Yeah, it's actually a very interesting story. And so about 20 years ago, I was one of the first people on the Internet, and I was selling widgets. And widgets are like, you know, a sun, a star, a button, and things like that. And I needed a way to track these images on the Internet. And so I, at that point, started dumping the, the, the binary files. Now, a little side story is I came out of the systems programming world where I used to review what are called hexadecimal dumps. So if you were, for instance, Whatever one of my... Whatever those are. My goodness. <laughs> You're talking over my head. you gotta, okay. you got to dumb this down a little bit more for us. <laughs> I'm going to make it very efficient and simple. I worked on the softwares for like uh, uh, Macy's and stores like that, okay. Walmart. The cash register system crashed. They okay. would give you a dump. And it's just all hexadecimal, like those files you see on TV. I learned to read those. That was wow. like, like, ooh, you know, I could read into those. <laughs> so, we are a couple years past that, and I have this website, and I'm selling widgets, and I want to be able to track my widgets if you took one and stole one. So I dumped those widgets. And that is how I began trying to track features inside images and this is all going to tie together okay so over the years we developed I hear technology. it coming i hear it coming so just it's a it's a good slow route where we would track things across the internet um like say you were uh selling a car and you don't want people to take your car picture or you're looking for specific things in an image then we went to the uspto and we started looking for key features and trademarks Mm-hmm. And we talk and the about- US, USPTO is the United States Patent and Trademark Office, for those of you who don't know that that acronym. So, okay, carry on. That's correct. That's correct. And they have about 3 million images, and they're all coded by number. So, for instance, if your logo consists of a frog in a box, you mm-hmm. might have a 6 for the frog and a 5 for the box, and your logo would be 6.5. Mm-hmm. There's okay. no visual searching. So, we brought our product. Brought- brought our technology over to that. And the first problem we ran into is the USPTO has trademarks from as early as I think as 1892. Wow. And they would be scanned in. And our technology at that point was like, you know, hey, I can't read something scanned in from 100 years ago or more. Well, I fixed it. I came up with a way, an algorithm to read things that were 100 years old and scanned in. Now, this is going to be important because we're going to make a jump here real quick. So now we were in the USPTO world, and what we found is about 5% of all images have bad coding. 
Another one, in other words, someone would say, I have a road in my logo, and another person would call it a foil, and they'd be the exact same thing. Okay. Mm. By the way, uh, the, this website, which we were selling uh, the trademark searches, searching services, is called tmfeatures.com, and you can go to that website and see some of these examples where one man's full, uh, foil is another man's road. Okay. So in that industry for about two years, and it just didn't work. It just couldn't support us. Uh, one of the reasons is no one cared. 95%, I got to slow down, was good enough. Yes. <laughs> trademark searching. 95% was good mm-hmm. enough for trademark searching. Mm-hmm. Okay. My wife, by the way, told me, you better slow down. You talk too quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she yes, said, Remember, and we're on Skype, so I can actually send you a message. Slow down. <laughs> okay. Go slow. Okay. So... <clears throat> During, the, during that time, we had played around with medical imaging, and we decided to get out of the trademark world. Just, it just wasn't worth it. And we were able to secure 3,000 mammograms. And we ran a bunch of tests, and what we found, and this is the first thing we found. This is our first step. And again, all this will tie together. The first step, the first thing we learned was that when you took our technology and you brought in a mammogram, you could actually select malignant or benign lesions. And again, this is layman Ken's opinion. This has not been verified by the FDA or anyone mm-hmm. else. Uh, this is my claims about the 3,000 images I have and have done with, and you can see for yourself on our site. That's okay, all let me claims. Let me back up and ask you a quick question. So where, how did you get those 3,000 mammograms? Where did we, those come from? We got them from the University of Florida via okay. institute over in, in Europe. And I, I could dig that out, but I don't remember okay. it. So what you actually got was the 3,000 images, right? And then you were able to apply your technology to those to enhance what you're seeing in the mammograms. Is that is that right? 100% accurate. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I'm following you. Okay. okay. Carry on. <laughs> we developed what's called an LTP, a lesion tissue profile. And it turned out that malignant and benign lesions, but malignant especially, have a profile and it also turned out, after doing the study of 3,000 mammograms, that roughly of those 3,000 mammograms, 15% of them had, not while not identical lesions, but they had the same profile. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with the idea of, de- of developing a lesion database that what would happen is you would submit, you would, you would take a mammogram image, scan it, and we'd scan it against all the known profiles. And we thought this was a great idea. And, and like you were talking, you know, persistence earlier, we thought that we would show up and people would throw money at us and we'd be on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so, the, the first thing we lear- learned was that we're delusional. Um, <laughs> you've got those. For us. <laughs> yeah, you've got those rose-colored glasses on too, I hear. <laughs> right. And we had them fine-tuned and bright. So we're cruising along. And um, we said, all right. What we've learned, we extrapolated from our data, and we said, it looks like there are exactly 3,000 to 5,000 uh, malignant cancer types, or, or what we call LTPs, lesion tissue profiles. Okay. So we started looking for money to build this database, and we said it would take like two or three years. And the first thing we've heard, you know, it's most people who are investing in things, they, wanna, they want a dollar today. They, they mm-hmm. just don't care. Then we hooked up with one of the big three, and I don't want to use their names because that would be wrong. 
That's um, good. <laughs> so we picked up with one of the big three, and they became very interested in it because at the time, CAD, I'm sure you guys know what CAD is. Mm-hmm. Computer-aided design. CAD was just whacked upside the head by a major article, and I'm sure there's like half of half, there's a bunch of groups who say CAD is worthless. This is what we were told. Uh, I'm just referring to you with this. This, and they said we're no longer going to go forward. And we said, well, can we have some, you know, tomosynthesis images anyways to do some more testing? And they said, no way. Those cost us $500 a peach. We're not going to give you anything. Okay. Now, tomosynthesis images. That's three three D images, correct? That's right. At this time. Okay. What we found is we could match images, uh, malignant lesions, and at this point, we already know it works mm-hmm. on our set data sets in okay. ultrasound, 3D, and 2D. In other words, if you had a lesion in 3D, we could take that lesion and compare it against our database and pull out what we found. And when what we found, we have the diagnose, age, and all that. So basically, you could use it to say, all right, scan this mammogram for uh, known LTPs, when mm-hmm. you find one, tell me what you have, or if you just found one as a doctor and you, and you want to say, hey, I want to see what other lesions are, are out there that look like that. Okay, so let me ask you one more question about the 3,000 mammograms that you received when you were first kind of getting going on this. Were they all mammograms that had detected some level of cancer, or were they random, some did, some didn't? Tell me a little bit more about that. There were three sets. One set was all verified malignant cancer. Okay. Second set was all verified malignant benign. Okay. Third set was all verified malignant or benign nothing. It was completely clean. Okay. 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 All right. And so then from those 3,000 that you looked at, were you able to pick up any cancers that were in the benign groups? The, the answer is yes, and so let me just finish the story. Okay. I'm going to jump into okay. the final Sorry. transition because we'll get right there. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you something really interesting that we learned. Cool. Okay. Um, so, or maybe I should say this. Uh, okay, uh, so I'll just jump real quick. So then we had this tool, and I'll, and I'll stop right after the tool, actually. We had this tool that we used manually to say, hey, there's a lesion. Let's make it into a profile and put it in our database. And... We said, let's automate that tool, automate that tool. And so we decided to automate that tool. And this is where life begins for where we are now with Deep Look, because we have found something that is, we believe, a major find. And we would like to share it with you and your audience. Um, But I was going to wait till after the break. Um, Should I do that? I do that. Well, you can get started. We can always pick it up on the other side. It's not a problem. Okay. Okay. So then uh, what happened was, I automated it, and this not the strangest thing, but all of a sudden we noticed something. Now, what our technology does is, now this is going to be some words people are maybe not familiar with, but it's organic fractal-based. And what Meaning? that... Yeah, things sorry. Are, things are defined in things. So if, take a look at your kitchen wall right now with your cabinets, and take think of that as a picture. So that is a picture, but in that picture are cabinets, and in the cabinets are doors, and in the doors are knobs. Also in the doors are, are possibly molding. And as you shrink down, you see things are made of things. It's fractal in design. In other words, okay. all these pieces come together. One of the things our technology did, does is it takes a mammogram and it breaks it into 200 to 700,000 shapes, depending wow. on whether it's a large or dense breast. So once that is done, we have this file. So when we automated, this is what we did. And we, we basically 
took those shapes and we ordered them into the brightest first. In other words, we sorted them and the brightest shapes were on top. Then we layered them together on other ones where there was a relationship between the layers. And what we found, and this is our big find in our discovery, is that in a mammogram, using our shape technology, the masses that are the brightest with the most layers are malignant 80% of the time, and the other 20% of the time, they're one of the top 10 masses. Mm-hmm. And this is all on our three, this has only been tested on uh, a handful of other mammograms and our 3,000 mammograms. And that is how we got the deep look, and that is what deep look does. It will take a mammogram based on our 3,000. It appears to take a mammogram, break it into its 200 to 700,000 shapes. We sort them, we layer them, and those mammogram or masses on top are the malignant masses if there are any. And you can see example this, uh, examples of this again on our website. So it's wow. kind of like when I, when you're describing that, I'm picturing those those scenes where like a camera takes a photo of the earth and then it zooms in and now you're in a continent and now you're in a country and now you're in a state, a city, and it comes all the way down to a, a neighborhood and maybe a bicycle in the front yard. That That's kind of what you're describing. That you I'm, nailed it. Okay. You nailed it. In other words, all those things are in a thing, in a thing, in a thing, in a thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are going to take a break, and we will pick this up on the other side, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about deep look technology with our guest, Ken. And is it Boulanger? Is that how you said it? Uh, Boulanger <laughs> is the way we like to say it because it sounds really cool. It, it does, does sound cool. I love it. I love it. Well, um, we wow, this has been amazing. Very um, uh, intellectual conversation about a, a very technical topic. But I think it's very important to have this conversation so um, explain how this works in conjunction with 2d mammograms so break it down a little bit more for us will you okie doke this is a purely a software application um so what happens is we would take a 2d mammogram image and we can even use film 2d as long as it's been digitized uh we've used both you know direct digital and non you take that and it would be on a workstation or in fact you can even run it online off your phone if you wanted to our, our application works there it takes the mammogram and it basically breaks that mammogram down into those 200 to 700,000 uh shapes we talked about oh. and then it puts them in like a database type form and then you have a tool and again that tool is up and running on our website where on the right you have a lever and if you put the lever all the way to the top it's going to show you the brightest masses with the most layers Mm -hmm. and typically the brightest masses with the most layers and that would be at 100% brightness there is nothing because that's 100% brightness as you bring it down It'll show you layers that start showing up. This is the first brightest. This is the second brightest. This is the third brightest. This is the fourth brightest and the number of layers. And so what happens is as you pull a lever down, it tends to reveal malignancy. And on our test case of the 33,000 mammograms we have, the malignancy is the first mass 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. So this this so opened up a thought in my head. I, let me just ask you this really quickly, okay? So for those of us who have had double mastectomies or single mastectomies, we don't get um, mammograms per se anymore, but we still have to be monitored because, you know, I'm a three-time survivor. My last time was labeled consistent with metastatic disease, and it was picked up on a PET scan. And the PET scan reveals that bright spot, which then they begin to believe might be cancer. Can this technology work on that as well or not? The answer is yes. We've actually, we're focusing on mammogram because we need to get to a point where we're profitable right? and we can actually pay ourselves salary. We pay for this, my partner and I pay for this company by contracting. Um, I wow. do software work. And mm-hmm. um, we've experimented. So we went in the mammograms. We went into that LTP thing where we whacked upside the head. No one was interested mm-hmm. um, because of the new laws. And then we went over to ultrasound and we found out it worked in ultrasound, but we found out no one was really interested in ultrasound because no one will pay for it. Now I'm just giving you what I've learned and it's a summary. We, that's mm-hmm. a whole show in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's when we went and automati- automated the, um, the finding of masses. And that's mm-hmm. when we developed deep look. And that's, this was like five months ago, actually. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, you're not going to believe this, Greg. That's my partner is right. Greg. Mm-hmm. I said, but we reveal cancer if it's there, but we're not CAD. We're just revealing what's there. And you, as a trained physician, could look at it and say, oh, it has speculation. That is cancer. The next step would be where we 
match it against the database. That would take FDA clearance two. The first thing is just a tool that's FDA clearance one. As we're doing this, people contact us. So we had the lung people contact us. They sent us some over some examples, and it works. We had the uh, heart people contact us. They sent us over some examples, and it worked. We just had the brain people contact us for concussions in football. They're mm-hmm. sending us examples. Great. I, don't, I think it'll work, but I don't know. And yeah. then not to be rude or anything, but we had the anus people contact us. And they wanted to know. Well, if unfortunately, you get cancer everywhere. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to be rude or anything. No, no, it's, no, not, I, it's not at all rude. <laughs> so the answer so, is yes, we believe. It'll work on those technologies. And we also tried it on uh, thin prep. Uh, what's it called? Uh, pap smear. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, you know what? This may revolutionize the whole imaging um, industry. And, you know, I understand why you might get some pushback because, again, change is hard for people. And when you have something that seems to be status quo and it works okay, works well enough, right? Um, it is hard to make changes. So it'll be an interesting, um, you know, to watch in the next few years and how this, ha- how it could transform the, um, you know, the, the whole mammogram and imaging uh, industry. So that's that's interesting. So I'm assuming you're, you're want, I, I, I think getting uh, uh, some doctors on board that are personally involved may give you some additional credibility. Is that what you're trying to do with bringing your radiologists in? Yes, we have a, a CMO with 15 years experience. And like I mm-hmm. said, she's a minor speaker in that and again, this is Ken's layman's view. And if I offend <laughs> anyone, I apologize. It's okay. There are two, two types of speakers in the mammogram world. You have the 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 number one speakers who tend to be funded by the big boys, and they're paid by the big boys, and they get money from the big boys, and they go around and spouse the beauty of the big boys' technology. You know right. whether it works or not. I you know obviously it must work to some extent. If not, work really good. My well, point. And- and we've we've said we've said in other shows mammography like my my lumps did not show my cancerous lumps did not show on mammograms it's about 85% effective right um, at least that's the 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 number we've mm-hmm. been given and right. so it isn't the end all be all um, it, it it works pretty darn well but and, if you're and at one this moment the, it's yeah it's still our best tool at this exactly. moment exactly and so, until um, we have something else that's you know better I, I have a question for you do you still have mm-hmm. those in my mammograms do I have those I could probably get mine but they they were a long long time ago they were like 23 years ago so that's okay. in my case 21. Yeah. Both of those are okay. If you can get them for me and you can get them in film, I'll go get them digitized. Or if you can get them in digitized, that would be great. Okay. And I would be more than willing to run our technology on them. Let's put my, you know, let's, let's see if this works on things that we know that, 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 because we've seen several mammograms. And if you go to our website, we have a few where we don't think tomosynthesis would find it. We don't know that. That's an opinion. And we would love to run, uh, you know, basically, if you can get them, send them to me. I'll give you the results so we could go from there. Interesting, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So what, what about the rate of false positives, Ken? I mean, I know that one of the one of the claims of, of 3D technology is that it reduces false positives by 40%, which is a really big deal in the mammography world because nobody wants to get called back for another look because that's scary as can be and then have it turn out to be nothing. How does, does your software eliminate false positives completely or is there still that small percentage or how does that work? Well, great. I, I have a couple answers, but I want to say one thing I didn't finish. So basically, the, the CMO we're hiring is what we call is on the, the minor circuit because she isn't paid by any of the big guys. She speaks from her heart and represents several of the, the, the women advocacy, Brett Dent's brass advocacy right. groups. That so makes I just want to throw that in. All right. So now, this is what we learned. I told you we had a database of 3,000 mammograms, 1,000 benign, 1,000 malignant, and 1,000 nothing. Okay. What what we found as we were trying to make the LTPs, this is the LTP era, we haven't come to deep to effect, off the benign ones as we had a real freaking hard time. It was like our code, there was very little there, one or two layer things. Oh, I forgot to say this. Generally speaking, a malignant mass has five or more layers. In some cases, they have as many 25 layers. If you look at our technology, you can see the layering and you can see what I mean at deeplift.co. But malignancies wow. have five or less layers. We were having a really hard time with the benign ones. Um, and we were just going, wow, this really stinks. There's no core. So what happens, this is a general statement based on the 3000, the malignant masses have what's a core. And again, if you go to a website, you can see where you have like, it's kind of like the Russian doll thing where you have a doll and a doll and a doll and a right. doll and a doll. Right. Same mm-hmm. concept. The benigns tend to be, Either really nothing's there and it's just a complete illusion or it's kind of a mass with, uh, and I'm guessing, I'm not a doctor, that has oil in it or some kind of other substance in it, but it's not really benign, mm-hmm. uh, not really malignant. Right. And what Like a cyst or something. Could be a yeah. cyst or, or something. Okay. So what we found is we we're, in some cases, we can't even find a benign they're talking about. We have something there, but our code says, why are you even bothering to look at it? Or reveals not much. We don't mm-hmm. make any decisions. We reveal things. So to answer your question, the question was, how can we tell the difference between malign and malign, uh, malignant and benign, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay, so here's how, and again, there's an example on the website. Generally speaking, Malignant masses are the brightest thing with the most layers. Mm-hmm. Another general statement, all based on our 3,000 images and not third-party confirmed, is that with binary, uh, binary, with benign images, they're either not there or they have no core. They tend to be just kind of a fleshy mash, mass. And there are examples of this, again, on our website. And so if you take a look at our images, you'll see cases that... I can't see a darn thing in that mammogram and I'm not a mammogramist. And then you can see the deep lip, deep look version. And now you can see the structure of that mass, the layering of that mass. Does it have spiculation? And that's how you can tell on the first level, as you pull a level down and it's revealing things. If you're an experienced radiologist, you will know what a cancerous tumor looks like and what a benign doesn't in most cases. Again, this is layman Ken's opinion. Now we add to that. If you remember, the first product we developed was the one where we would find a mass or uh, a radiologist would find a mass and submit it to a database. That database would then return all the other masses it found like that. 
And you can now do a one-on-one comparison of things that look like your mass and whether it was uh, determined to be malignant or benign. So there's two ways. The first way is just by the general layering. Some of these uh, masses I've seen, and I've been doing this two years now, you look at it and you go, that is just aggressive, nasty cancer. You just go, that is just ugly. And then you look at the benign and you go, that's not, why are you even circling that, dude? A lot of our examples <laughs> have, have circles in it. It's like, what are you doing? There is stuff on the border. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where it takes a trained radiologist, uh, you know, right. and, and, and there, you know, there, nothing is black and white. Like, in, you know, in this world, some things are really gray. Some things are really white. Some things are shades of gray. Exactly. Most <laughs> things are one left or right. And so that's how we tell essentially by the layering. And then the other way and the layering or lack layering thereof. And the other way is by in the second phase of our product where we have to get class C um, clearance from the FDA, we would mm-hmm. basically take a mass that either you found or we found, we would compare it against what's in the database and show you similar things in their diagnostics, and you could use it as a tool to make your diagnosis. Yeah, that's interesting. And does this work with calcifications as well? Sounds Absolutely. like it works with cysts, but it does it work with calcifications? If you go to our website, we have calcification examples set up as well. Okay. So it works with both calcification and it also works with, uh, not, you know, masses, and, okay. and it works extremely well on our set of 3,000 images. I, I, you know, I do not want to run a foul. I know. Yeah, I they've know. been great to us. They've yes. guided us, and they're great people. So, you know, we're, we're not making any claims other than we ran this on our 3,000 mammograms we have. Exactly. Sure. Hey, let me ask another question that you just touched on a minute ago when you touched on it in the beginning. So where are you in the FDA process? Because I know that you really can't even bring this to market until it gets clearance, right, or approval. So where, where are you? Have you approached them? Are you in the what, – what, what phase are you in with that? We have actually had several meetings with the FDA, okay. and we are now trying to get the money. So the FDA basically was great to us, and I said, look, this is what you need to do. You need okay. to class one this part, and then later on you can class two that part. They okay. were great, really Good. helpful. I would give Good. them a gold star. Um, nice. So now – don't hear that real often. So oh, they were just really good to that's us. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, now we're in the point where I own the company with my partner, Greg, and then we have the CMO we want to bring on. And we also have a lawyer in um, D.C. to work with the FDA directly on regulatory issues. Mm-hmm. We're trying to raise money from certified uh, investors. We don't want $5 from anybody or $10. You have to be in search. So anyone listening to the show wants to send us $100, thank you but you need to be in a certified investor. So please don't send us any money. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a certified investor. We need to raise the money to pay for three things at the same time. The first one is the FDA clearance. They've told us it'll take 90 days. We figure six months. Okay. We want to get more third-party uh, at-hand length uh, testing uh, verification. In other words, yes, we think it works. Yes, we brought in a couple um, uh, radiologists who have looked at it and said, my gosh, that works. Now what we need is completely autonomous third-party verification. At the same time, we want to develop, develop uh, our integration package. Our goal is actually, uh, I don't know if we talked about pricing yet, but as you know, uh, a machine, a tomosynthesis machine, costs 500 to, I don't know, I guess the real advanced one, you could pay a million. I don't know. I don't buy them. But I know at least 500 They're very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> when you're looking at our, our mammograph, our tool, it runs on the image taken by a 2D mammogram. 
even a uh, you know a film mammogram that's been digitally scanned, you're talking fifty cents a dollar per image. Um, per image, okay. So our first goal is to get together with the research refurbishers and get ourselves on those uh, resold machines because a lot of these people are getting a tomocytosis machine. Uh, will will be basically get rid of their 2D machine, and those those goes to the lower. Correct me on any of these numbers. This is what I've learned, and it may or may not be correct. Those go to that lower 60% of the United States that can't afford a Tomo machine, mm-hmm. and the third world. And so we're going after that market um, because we think a we can save lives, and b to be quite frank, we think we can financially support ourselves at that market. Right. I, I would imagine you're, there's some uh, truth to that in that, you know, your rural communities who don't have um, maybe a uh, mammography machine in their local hospital, they'd be more than happy to have at least a 2D that's better than nothing sort of thing. Right. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I'm sure there's probably some need there, um, even in, in our own country. Yeah, because the other option is they have to send patients elsewhere, and that's not always easy to do for the patients. Listen, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back on the other side of this and pick up this very fascinating conversation. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
welcome back. We've been talking about deep look technology with our guest, Ken Boulogenet. And um, Becky, I think you had a question, didn't you? Uh, I, I do. Um, and, and Ken, I know this is going to be maybe a little bit controversial, but I know there's a lot of people that really want to hear both sides and kind of what's the pushback. So, you know, I know that you believe that there are some big players in this game. I mean, there's companies that invest tons of money in research and technology, and then they build these other machines. And and why didn't they come up with this technology? And and what are they saying? What would they say about it? What would they give as an argument why you shouldn't do it? Why don't you speak to that? And I'm okay. sorry to put you on the spot with that, but no, no problem. <laughs> it's a great question, and and we've we've been asked that before. Um. If you remember beginning the show, I talked about how I came out of the systems programming world and I used to re- uh, read hexadecimal dumps and I could read a hexadecimal dump and it, we extrapolated from there and, and we made uh, uh, LDB3, which was the database, and then we became the deep look. I do not have a degree in image computer science. I have a degree in computer science systems. I have a degree in political science and my master's work is computer science, but I am not an image guy by trade. The approach I took to doing this is completely different or antithetical, I think is the right word, than anything they teach you in school for doing imaging. It is a Mm -hmm. completely different approach. And it came from my desire to track my little widgets years ago (laughs) on the internet than moving to the USPTO and being able to read 100-year-old trademarks that were scanned in. Right. that was where I came from. It is a fractal organic approach. And fractal means things and things and things. And it is a completely different approach, one they'd never teach you in school. If you look at the approach that the big guys are taking, they, you know, they have a bureaucracy. They have sunken costs. They have an institutional cost. The way the institution currently does it is completely different. Some of their formulas, math formulas, they use – I can't even understand. I'm not smart enough. I got to be honest with you. I'm a systems programmer, not a mathematician. They have these formulas for figuring out, you know, this, that, and a mammogram that are literally like over 100 characters long. And I look and I go, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm not smart enough. So to answer your first question, (laughs) why they didn't do it is because it's a completely different approach. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, they talk about out of the box. It's completely different out of the box. Well, but I love that because it's the fresh eyes sometimes that comes up with those out of the box thinking because we're so in the box most of the time that we don't even think to look outside the box. So I'm thrilled that you're doing that. Well, great. Yeah, we, and and again, it wasn't developed for doing this. Right. (laughs) For something else. And we tried it on something because the business just just wasn't money there. And now I want to answer your other question. We have talked to all three big players at different times in our psych, our life, when we just had the database and we have Deep Look. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you one conversation, I won't who, and it was with the vice president of one of these companies, and this is relatively accurate. You know, I'm going to try to do the word. This is what he told us. He said, we would like to check this out. If this, what, if this is what you say, your worth will triple or quadruple a thousand times by the time we give you an answer. In between that conversation and them sending certain yeah, the mammogram set we were going to test is when the mammogram industry crashed or CAD, what they were calling CAD. We're not CAD. And oh, the Obama stuff came out and said, we will no longer pay for onesies, twosies. You have to do you know, one rating. Your one price fits all. And that's when, they, that's when they dumped us. And this is before Deep Look. And they said, we are not going to mm-hmm. go any further because there's no longer money 
in this CAD type and we're not CAD. So that was our first experience uh, mm-hmm. with, that's when we contacted that company and thought they were just, oh, come on in. Oh, your stuff works better. That's great. Here, have some images. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we were naive. We get that. <laughs> now totally uh, we've so. talked to several of the players with, with, with um, Deep Look and one of the players is extremely interested, but they the most positive things I've ever received from any of those guys, but we haven't heard back from them. The other two, like, they just said, we want, you know, get out of here. We don't like you. We have billion. They didn't say this, but this is what I read between the lines. Are you out of your freaking mind? We have <laughs> billions of dollars invested in tomosynthesis and tomosynthetic technology. I would be fired if I gave you one red cent. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I almost, I and I don't know, maybe this is my out-of-the-box thinking too, but to me, there's so many people with um, that need second opinions and things like that. It just seems like if they could get their mammograms to you somehow um, and you could build on that or, you know, and, and be able to kind of have a, a radiologist who could, who could run those through. I don't know. Like that. Just that, came actually to my makes, mind. that makes sense. Well, you know, I can actually, actually. An- answer that. There's two. Okay. There's a couple of problems. We wanted to do that at one time. The first thing is we're not doctors. And right. If you right, start right. sending us mammograms, we're diagnosing. And now I'm going to jail for pretending I'm a doctor. Okay. Yeah, Whether yeah. it's accurate or not. Second, it's not a feasible business model. And okay. I'm not talking about raking in a bunch of money. If you're doing one-on-one, oh, here, send it to me. Now, all of a sudden, we need to charge you $100, $200 for the time, the support mechanisms to grab it and all that. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. The only way that we can make this successful and sell it at $0.50, cents, a dollar a whack, is if it goes through the OEMs. And, and that's why we want to… And what's an OEM? Uh, original Equipment Manufacturer. Thank or, you. Okay. In this case, it would be like the refurbishers of machines. Right, okay. right. Let them resell it. And let them deal with it because the more infrastructure we build, next thing you know, we'll have to sure. charge, you know, a thousand dollars per thing, and that's not where we're at. We believe we have a really cool, low-cost solution that actually works, um, and works better than what's out there. That's what we believe. It's not been confirmed by third parties, and you can go to our website and see yourself. And so that's where we're at, and we want to keep the price low. We would like, you know, I, I don't want to seem like sappy or anything, but we would really like to make a difference. We think it would be really cool if we could just start, you know, saving saving lives and money all over the world. It would be really cool. I'm, you know, I'm in my late 50s, and I'm not going to be here much longer, and that would be great. Oh, spare me. Sharon oh. and I are both way older than you. Okay, well. <laughs> And if you're not going to be here much longer, you know, come on. <laughs> I, I, would, I would like to leave a legacy <laughs> where I made a difference. You can call it egomaniac or all that. I've been working on this no, for 20 no. years. Good for you. Plus, and I would like to leave something that I made a difference in the world. And Ken, you know, I can tell just the way you speak about this, you're very passionate about it. And that's what really draws us to to you and your concept and, and having you on the show. So, you know, uh, we get that. We, we totally understand where you're coming from and we appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Right. So let me just, I'm just still, I'm kind of in that dumb it down mode here. So let me ask you to dumb this down for just a moment. So let's just say your ideal client is a clinic that has 
2D mammography units on hand, and this is what they do. So would you then sell them your software that would be overlaid over the top of their 2D machines, or is this something they do the 2D and then they it's software that's just strictly on the computer and the reading process? How, do, how does that work? We've got the a software, few more minutes, so. the, the software is on the reader. It's on the workstation. Okay. So uh, in other words, you can run it on your laptop. In fact, okay. if you go to our website and run it, you'll be running it on your laptop or PC. Um, so what happens is it's just like any other workstation software. There's, it's a tool, and you run it out there, and as you pull down the lever on the right uh, and you say, show me the brightest, less brightest, less brightest masses, mm-hmm. the most layers, it'll start showing you the masses as it found. And in the end, if you go all the way down to the bottom, you'll have all sorts of masses. And those are very, you know, again, this is my opinion. Those are very undense tissue. It's those high-end masses with the speculation that are the malignancies based on the 3,000 images we have. So it runs on a workstation. Um, it could run on your laptop. If you had the mammogram images on your laptop and you had our application there, you could run it. it it's not tied to any machine. Uh, it'll, and it'll work on any any mammogram image. Okay. So, so then in the case of like DCIS, you know, the really early stages of cancer where, where the, it's tiny, 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 will your um, software pick that up as being cancerous? Because it's so tiny, tiny, tiny. That's, the, with? that's, the, that's the, the calcifications and yeah. Well, but that's, it could, it could be, I mean, c- cancer inside those calcifications, right? I mean, I help me understand that part because does it have to great. be big enough to see it? Um, this I have two two parts to answer. First part is we have a bunch of calcification examples. We've run mm-hmm. against all of them. In every case, we found what was highlighted as malignant calcium in our data okay. sets. Every case. Okay. Now, okay. this is, again, my experience. Calcification, as you know, I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that it's easily to get a false positive and drag someone mm-hmm. in for calcification right. that isn't cancerous. Right. This is where our second product, the database, I think will become really important and we'll see if this pans out. Once you have enough calcification examples in there, and so now we found the calcification. Is this one we need to worry about? This is an ideal chance where you could submit it to the database and say, show me all other calcifications like this and what they turned out to be. Mm. And so to answer that question, Every calcification we have, we have found the calcifications. You can, again, check case studies on our website, and you'll see some that you're going, I can't believe you found that. At least that's me. Maybe you don't feel that mm-hmm. way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the question is, do we know the difference? Does it tell you the difference between malignant and non-malignant calcification? No. It shows you the calcification. If you're a physician, it allow you to make a decision based on what you see, not mm-hmm. what you think you see. Again, that's my opinion. And... If we go far enough where we have a library of calcifications, it would basically compare. You could say, I found this group of calcification clusters. Please compare that to the database and let me know what you have so I can make an even better educated judgment. Mm-hmm. That's what it'll do. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, that's really, it's really great information. I, you've kind of opened my eyes to these new possibilities. And so, Ken, how long, I'm sorry, I know you said up front, but how long have you been actually working on this project and Deep Look Technology? When did you start that? 1991 or two, maybe three. Wow. I'm going to go with 1992. Okay. That's when I began uh, looking for things inside images by reading hexadecimal dumps. Okay. Uh, and that's where it all began. And okay. since then, I've learned so much. 
Um, and now I got it to the point where it works really well and it's quick. It's very scalable. Wonderful. Uh, what used to take literally a day to do, we do in like, I don't know, two minutes. Yeah, and that's, that's a one PP. You could spread that over a large PC and have it done in 15 seconds. Wow. Right. Well, Ken, I love the name of your business. Deep. It's Deep Look, all one word. And the website is deeplook.co. I that's assumed right. it was a typo, but it's not. It's not .com. It's .co. So. Right. You can't get a .com of any value anymore. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know so, if right. I type yeah. in something that you want. And, and so Co is the new thing companies are using. Uh, mm-hmm. they, you have squatters sitting on anything of value. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. I know when we, when we actually got the name breastfriends.org, it was when we first, or excuse me, we couldn't even get .org. It was somebody else had it, .com. They held us hostage for quite a bit of money, but we had to, had to pay it unless it was, we wanted it to go to some porn site or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so didn't we, want that. No, we did not want that. So we totally get what you mean, but, but you know, this has been a really great show today. So Ken, thank you so much. Um, I know that you are looking for, for people to step up and um, maybe become sponsors of this product. How can they reach you if they're interested in that? Um, you can go to deeplook.co. All my contact information is there. And I'd love for you to go to deeplook.co. If if you have a hard time believing anything I've said, please (laughs) go check out the case studies and make your own opinion. Yeah. There's working examples, case studies on site, and and you can draw your own opinion. Um, and you could start there and we can go from there. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate it. We always, you know, we don't mind the controversial stuff, but just know we're going to ask you the tough questions. So you answered them very well, and we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. So if you are an audience member, you're listening to our show, please send us topics of interest. If there's something we haven't talked about that you really want to hear about, and maybe you know the ideal candidate to be on our show, please send recommendations to us. Or if you'd like to nominate yourself to be on our show, please do that. We try to keep our show very educational and informative. And so that's one of our sources is through LinkedIn or through Facebook or whatever. Also, if you're enjoying our show and you'd like to see it continue, please go to breastfriends.org. We've got a great website with lots of wonderful information on all kinds of things, but there's a big blue button at the top. We would love to have you click on that button, make a donation to Breast Friends so we can keep this program going. And... Any last word, Sharon? For, well, actually, we're 30 seconds, so we're just going to sign off. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to sign off. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yep. And we'll be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.